Welcome into Tim's Corner Live, episode number 24. And before we get to what we just saw, and we're, we saw more stuff there that, that we learned after watching that wreck back about a 15th time. Uh, Tim Terry, Denver Matchett, Paul Strickland Jr., uh, Dylan Langell is on vacation. I don't know why you take vacation in the middle of race season, but I digress. Actually, Denver, you're taking vacation this week, aren't you? I don't know if I would call it a vacation, but just time off from a racetrack. There, there you go. So I think that's what Dylan's doing because he's going to get busy. He was at the uh, International last week for the Heart of the Champion Hot Rock Classics powered by Conrad Brothers and a Subaru of Moncton. We'll talk about the International throughout the evening. But Paul, uh, we had a, a graphic on the start of this of this deal before we got going. Blaine Pellerin passed away. We Our thoughts and prayers with the Pellerin family. They've done a lot for me over my racing career. But uh, a guy from the Vidane TV side of things and the sim racing side of things and also the real world side of things that meant a lot to a lot of us. Uh, Grand National Greg, Greg Feeders passed away today. So uh, I know I know he meant a lot to you on the Vidane TV side and uh, it's uh, we're, we're going to keep racing. Uh, but uh, it's, a, uh, it's a tough day. Yeah, it's a real tough day indeed, and uh, and the show must go on, and, and Greg wouldn't have it any other way, but definitely one of the biggest fans we've had here at Vidane TV since we started this whole deal about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was it was always cool to get messages from Greg. Uh, you know, he, he towards the end, he wasn't really able to get to the racetrack and watch his son, John Peters, race up in uh, in Maine, and he was always able to watch him with the, the Neps guys, the New England, Pennsylvania iRacing group, and uh, get on and do the sim racing deal, and then he started watching all of our shows, so... Um, Big supporter, uh, big time friend of ours. Very, very sad to uh, to hear of his passing this morning. You can really go out on any of the social media outlets. You can go uh, look for the hashtag racing for uh, GNG and just see how many how many lives uh, this man really touched in a positive way in the racing uh, sim racing community, racing community, uh, and just in general. Um, it, it's tough. World lost a really good friend, a really good man. Yeah, it, it, you talk about that hashtag. I know there's going to be a few race cars this weekend around here that have it. Uh, I spoke with Brett Roy a little bit earlier on today before we came on the air. And uh, obviously they got a big race up there, the Remax 150 this weekend as a part of Christmas in July at Speedway 660. And he said there will be a 0-9 in the roof of his car this weekend. So, uh, John, everybody, we're thinking of you guys. Uh, it's uh, it's not going to be the same on our Thursday nights in the winter, but uh, uh, the, the show must go on. We'll race on. We'll uh, race for G&G. Now, before we get to our first guest, because we've got a busy show coming up, Ryan Van Orscott's going to join us. we got... A trip across the Confederation Bridge to go visit Matt Watson in Tent and Woolridge a little bit later on. But before we get there, uh, Denver, what did we see coming into the show? She's not here, so we can talk about her, right? Brittany Hoyt junked a powder puff car. That's all <laughs> that anyone needs to know. She junked it. She And she made it to the final lap, I might add. That was the final lap of the race, and she hit all of the wall and tried to well, tear down the wall was, on Barry. It was like the last two laps the leader was coming to the white wasn't it the leader was coming to the checkered but Brittany okay. was about to be lapped okay so um, tech so technically she got lapped okay I, yeah it is what it te- is she got lapped after she wrecked but she she would have held on to the lead lap if she didn't uh go firewall deep into the wall yeah it's it, it's it's a tough situation but she she also told us in the tower she got tower afterwards and i was helping out with the tv side of things and she said i got wrecked then she looked at it and she said, I overcorrected." it. So I yes. think that's the race car driver in her coming out. Uh, I so. But I think she's going to be joining us a little bit later on. Brandon Campbell says on Facebook, she was the fastest car on track. That's but she not was, true. She well, was she was the fastest car on the wall. Well, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> she got the wreck out of the way. And by the way, Paul, what, what's the first thing you said after she got out of the car? 
Uh, where are her pants? Is she racing in shorts? What is that? Apparently, <laughs> apparently we have to have a conversation with Miss Hoyt about her attire getting into the race car. She was wearing it. looked like your father's driving suit, or at least the top of it. She was, and she had the Hans device and everything from the modified. So, uh, but, you know, I, uh, it's, maybe, she, maybe she got her father's driving skills with that too. I don't know. She was racing like a Zoom call, business up top and whatever. <laughs> Paul, take us to B-roll. We're going to bring in our first guest. I am excited for this one. It's Shriners Classic Week, boys, and we're getting ready uh, to go at it. And it's going to be the driver of the uh well it's, it's zero on the screen uh we're gonna get him loaded back in here again and uh he's gonna have to move his camera the other way i think he's sideways right now Je jeff move your camera the other way well so there there we go we love technology there we go awesome. first try uh driver of well you're semi-retired aren't you now zero eight zero whatever you want to call it jeff dillman joins us four-time shriners classic champion two-time champion in the scotia speed world fleet break atlantic sportsman division uh we'll remind you we're live and interactive drop us a question drop us a comment whether you're watching us on tim's corner or scotia speed world we'll uh we'll get to it so jeff how's uh, semi-retirement been uh busy actually uh, what have you been doing I've been uh, helping my dad out with uh, his uh, construction business quite a bit, working and kids and, you know, never stops. So you did get one start in this season. It was early in the year. You guys went to Sydney. How was that? It was an old lightning car you guys bought, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's a car that Darren Bazinson had, and we traded some work for it and towed down to Frank's and put it in the garage for a night or two and – we ended up in Sydney, and uh, yeah, it was all right. It was running on three cylinders all day, and we had a blast, but it's still sitting in the air. It all tore up. <laughs> I was going to say, one of the first times that Sydney has put on one of those deals, I think it was the second one you guys went up to, but how fun was that? It you know, brings back the old memories of the Brass Monkey and what have you. How fun was that to haul to Sydney and do that deal? Uh, it was a blast, actually. They should do it every uh, every month, I think, you know? Too bad they would do it a little closer to home, but that's a good road trip. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Like, you know, 70, 80 cars, and, yeah, you don't really care. If you tear something up, it's, you know, 1000 bucks and take it to the scrapyard. With everything that you've done in your racing career, you, know, you and Richard Salter were up there, and, and Dennis Nickerson had a car. And uh, how neat was it to have that kind of talent – in between from a sportsman driver up into guys that just, you know, first time ever getting in a car was it, was that race? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was going in the, I think it was a feature race they called it. And they looked beside me and buddy's there with an old face helmet with the radio going. And I'm thinking, wow, this is kind of cool here. I'm sitting in a racing seat and <laughs> strapped in ready to go, you know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a blast. And I'll definitely be probably going to have next year. I'll get a car up and go again, for sure. We're live and interactive with Jeff Dillman. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. It's Shriners Classic Week, Jeff, and four times the winner, the only driver to win four of these Shriners Classics. Uh, how, what does it mean? I, it, this race means a lot to a lot of us. What does this Shriners Classic race mean to you? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a special race. It's... It's 50 laps. It's it's almost like it's just a regular feature, but it's, you know, get the trophy at the end of the night. And I guess it's the 
the bragging rights to win it. But, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that everybody wants it, and it's been there for years. There's a, a list of who's who's that have won this race. Uh, you look at guys like Sheldon Pemberton, who's, who's come back to race. He'll be there on Friday night to run. Uh, Harry Ross White, Ron Amell Tiber, Gordy Ryan, Craig Slon White's won it a couple of times. Uh, Russie's won it. Devin's won it. Uh, it. Richard Salter won it a couple of years ago. And then you look at the guy that uh, you tied in 2012 and beat two years later for the most Shriners Classics, and that's Terry Roma. Uh, what does yeah. it mean to be on a, on a list of all those all those names? That's uh, very special. Um, you know, there's some good drivers. I mean, there's there's still drivers out there that are racing Rossi and you know Craig and uh, Harry. You know, they're still out there battling it out and uh, having fun, right? And uh, they're you know they're the top one of the top racers in the Maritimes. And uh, I mean, I scaled it back the last four or five years, and kind of you know, but uh, EO's got the edge to go and try it. So uh, I. Uh, text Jordan and we kind of made a deal and and then uh, this was back in the spring and uh, he said yeah yeah we can work something out it's all right well you know whatever it takes and uh, anyways I looked I think it was Monday or Tuesday I'm like there's a Shriners race you know Friday night so I text Jordan he goes oh boy and uh, anyways I went down last night and uh, he goes well come down and see if you'll fit in the car and I, I know I put a little weight on but uh, anyways Got in the old car, he calls Old Faithful, and uh, actually, I was supposed to go down tonight, but I gathered a few parts up, and uh, Jordan and goes, you're allowed radios, you know, you got radios? I'm like, no, I have nothing anymore. So I uh, actually just come from uh, Lori Hutz. Lori, I, I get some radios from Lori and some stuff that I don't have anymore, so shout out to Lori, thanks, and he's been you know, a good supporter over the years, too. So, yeah, it should be uh, quite interesting. So for those that are, are putting the, the two and two together, because I've kind of known since last night when you when you told me, you kind of hinted at it, you're racing a Vino car in the Shriners Classic Friday night. Yeah, I'm racing Jordan's old, old car. Um, and I guess Jordan's racing his new car, the new sportsman car that he runs in Petty. So so, uh, so to get out there, in, in, you talked about knocking the rust off. You're, you're in a car that, that's proven – Jordan's got a good crew. How long is it going to take you to knock that rust off Friday night? I don't know. I'm nervous about it now. I don't know if I got it, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure a few laps I'll find out. But uh, I mean, it's a Ford chassis with a GM crate. Um, yeah, like Jordan said, I think he said he won the last three to five races with that car. It hasn't been out of the trailer since like 2019, so it could be interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited, but not excited. I'm kind of nervous, but. Uh, I'm sure it'll work out. Once again, we're live and interactive. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. We'll get it on the air here to, to Jeff Dillman. Now looking uh, at this race, this is the first show of the season. Uh, we just caught wind today that Andrew Lively blew a motor in practice last night, so he won't be there. Everybody is kind of coming in with a clean slate because we haven't raced since September. Does that help you at all, knowing that nobody's really been on the racetrack in Halifax? I never really thought of it, but i tell you the truth. I mean... <laughs> I'm sure the guy's been out testing. I mean, you know, they, they, you know, they've been out there for sure. The track's been open, but, uh, you know, I was just talking to Jordan. It's like, you know, how many cars are going to be out there? We don't know. I mean, 10, 15, 20, 
I don't even, you know, I've been honestly in the last few years, I've been to the track that much. So I don't know. I'm, you know, well, Rossi show up. Uh, I'm sure Devin will be there and, uh, you know, Alex and that, that, that crew. But uh, like I say, I don't know. There's some new faces there on Sportsman. Should be interesting for sure. Now, looking back at the, the the years you won the Sportsman Championship back in 09 and 11, you know, you're battling with guys like Harry Ross White and Terry Roma and, you know, the, Darren Wallage and, and Aaron Bootlayer and those guys. And, you know, Darren and Aaron are still kicking around and uh, racing Haas is part time. Uh, he's actually in surprise. He is going to be co-hosting the classic with me on Friday night on Tim's corner TV. So if you haven't, uh, That's cool. if you're, okay. if you're not going to be at the racetrack, join <laughs> us on uh, Friday night. So Haas will yeah. be there just not in the race car, but you, you battle with those guys back in, you know, the, the late 20 or the early 2010s for that championship. Uh, what do you remember about those, those two championships that you won at Scotia? Um, I started in 08 and won the rookie of the year in 09. I, stepped up and uh, won the championship. And that's something I never, ever dreamed I'd do. And then 2011, I think it was, I won it again. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, maybe I can drive, you know. I started out hobby stock years and years ago. And honest to God, we didn't have a clue, you know. We checked the air pressures and went out and beat the vendors off it. So, um, but uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, 15, 20 years, but it doesn't seem like 2000, you know, 2009 was when I won the first one. And it doesn't seem like it's been 12 years, I guess. So I am getting old. <laughs> well, we, we showed the photos on the intro of, of the 2012 classic where uh, you tied Terry Roma for that third classic. And, you know, Brian Jollymore was on the podium that night. It, it's it's one of those those races that you look back. Uh, Chris Dingle's got a couple of podium finishes in this thing. Richard Salter, Alex Johnson went back and forth at it a couple of years ago. Uh, this race, it just seems like it it's it's different uh, sometimes, and you see some different faces up in front. Uh, what are you expecting? Do you, you you talked about those drivers that could be there. Do you have any scouting reports on to? You know, besides Devin and, and Jordan and, and those guys, who to maybe watch for on Friday night and your first time back in a couple of uh, couple of years? Not a clue. I know. Uh, you know, I, I still watch races, of course, and look at the updates. And I know Devin's been very strong the last few years. And I never raced with Devin. I raced with Rossi. Rossi's been strong, you know, right from right out of the box. You know, back you know, I think it was two thousand eleven, nine or ten or eleven. He started. But, I mean, the Smiths, they, you know, they're very competitive. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, you know, Jordan's going to be strong for sure. And Jordan's like, I want to win it. I'm like, well, I want to win it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, Jordan's actually tuned in. He said, you're using the car that has won way more races than Bandit. So, I guess no pressure, right? Well, I'll take Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're sitting your ass in a race car, it's all that matters, right? As long as I'm out having fun and, uh, you know, at the end of the night, if I'm up there, I'm up there. If not, I'm not. But I hope to be up there, you know. It's uh, it's one of those things, right? But anything can happen. Absolutely. Daniel Atvio is also tuned in, heading back uh, this way tomorrow. And Daniel was down here earlier in the week. And want to thank Daniel and, and Adio Tire for coming on board and helping us out this season on the Tim's Corner side and a uh, promotional partner here on Tim's Corner Live. Drop us a question or a comment if you're watching us with uh, with Jeff Dillman. And uh, the last time you were in a sportsman car, 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was it the, the swap with you and Dylan back a couple of years ago? No, it was um, Mitch Blanford's car. Oh, it was the one car, okay. The one car that Megan's driving now. Yeah, I run that for, I think it was, the last race was a 100 lap or, geez, probably four or five years ago or more. Was that the was that the one that you spun in the back straightaway and Danny wouldn't throw a caution for you? Mm. Or was that was that somebody else? There's somebody else. I think I think I think Danny trapped a guy a lap down one night in one of those 100 lappers. This the, this was uh, I think this was the the twin 75s. Oh, or the 150. Had, the yeah, 150. Yeah. They had a break halfway through or something. Yeah. 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 So. And it, you you did that deal. At, before with with Dylan sharing a sportsman car for a couple of couple of races, didn't you? Yeah, uh, Dylan drove my car for a few races and figured some stuff out. And uh, yeah, that was I think that was uh, Frankie Junior's old car actually. So that would have been the last real sportsman that I run. Yeah. So I don't so, know. I, I can't remember dates. <laughs> I, I I can barely do so anyway. Let's. <laughs> So let's look forward. Let, let's say this, this race goes well. Do you get the itch back? Do you get back in a race car on a, on a semi-partial basis? What, what's the plan? Is this a one-off deal? Uh, don't know. I, I don't think you ever lose the itch. Um, I mean, I did have a car up to like last year. I sold it to uh, Alexander's for Matt, and they still have it. And that would have been uh, the Phil Bark. Coast car that Scotty built and uh, one Slano White won all the races with. So uh, it was on the Jaden Clifton, you know, I just uh, didn't have time and kind of lost interest back then. And like I say, you never lose the interest and the itch. It's just uh, a lot of it's money and time, right? So uh, right now I'm kind of concentrating on helping my dad out with his business and uh, working and, you know, daughter and family shit and you know you just <laughs> there's never a dull moment i'll swear that way you're enjoying life right it's all that matters oh for sure oh yeah definitely yeah there's always something to do let's put it that way so yeah we're, but, we're uh, live and we're live and interactive drop us a question or a comment denver what do you got for d8 dozer i want to start uh you know you, you have the ride for this weekend uh, if you were to get that fifth win in the shriners classic how big would that be for you That'd be huge. I've been uh, wanting that, well, since number four. So I don't really remember. I think it was 2014 I won the last one, maybe? Yeah. I don't remember. So it's been a while. Uh, you know, it, it would be huge. I, I want number five, but will I get five? Probably not. But uh, I'll try. It'll be fun. And it uh, should be interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I thank Jordan for giving me the opportunity to do it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Now, Tim's thrown the word around semi-retired, and, you know, we never like to use that our word with race car drivers, but is there anything left on your bucket list to accomplish? Is there anything, you know, if you had the opportunity to come back and, and you know, chase a particular race win or a particular championship, is there um, anything that you'd like to check off? I've always wanted to win the 100 lap at Scotia. And I come, like, like, second or third once or twice. I was leading one night and uh, I got wrecked on the backstretch with the lap car. And I think Colby Smith hit me and everybody hit me that night. So destroyed the car. And uh, yeah, that was about the closest I've come to, you know, winning it, I guess. But uh, 
had a few good runs at it. It always seemed something to happen, but that'd be something I'm about to list, I guess. Absolutely, for sure. Um, uh, now, looking ahead, the rest of 2021, is this going to be your only race planned, or, or could something else pop up? Could we see you in a car a little more often? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I have to talk to Jordan about that one. I mean, you know, <laughs> I might get kicked out the first ride out or something, but uh, I hope not. I'd like to, I don't know, if, if they have a 100-lapper, I'd like to maybe to try at that, but, uh, but we'll see, I guess. It's, you know, it's a busy season, so time will tell. And Tim, I got to say, I'm excited for this weekend because you are broadcasting live from Scotia. We kind of touched on this last week, and I didn't get to see the show live last week. I was busy with Speedway Mirror Machine aftermath. But uh, <laughs> I guess Friday night this week is going to be my first chance to watch a, a live show with Scotia. And Shriners Classic, it really doesn't get much bigger than that, eh? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to chat about the, the live stuff a little bit later on, but it, it gives us an opportunity to uh, put a little spotlight on this show and on this Car Star Weekly Racing Series. And if you've never seen the Shriners Classic, if you've never seen a Friday show before at Scotia Speed World, uh, head over to timscorner.tv. You'll be able to purchase your pass beginning tomorrow, and uh, it'll be available for the monthly subscribers on the on-demand probably Monday morning. Uh, you'll get an opportunity to uh, to go and watch that. But Jeff, with, with with this race, you've been a part of this weekly racing series for so long, and, and whether it's a, a driver or a spectator, what's the uh, give us the pitch? What uh, what's the uh, why, why should they watch on on Friday night on Tim's Corner TV or get to the racetrack? Well, I'd go to the racetrack. It's going to be good, and uh, you know, it's good that you guys have that technology now. That you know what, if you want to sit home on on your coach and watch it, you can do it. But uh, there's nothing like being at the racetrack and, you know, interacting and being there. So I think there'll be a few people in the stands with the pro stock being there the next day. So um, somebody said something about a little bit of rain maybe this weekend, but, you know, that's a we, long shot away. We don't mention that R word either. <laughs> yeah, well, I keep looking at the forecast and it's like sun, sun, rain, sun. So it changes every day. So. We, we've, we've had a couple of classics postponed in the past before. I didn't want to bring that up, but we've had a couple of, of rainouts for the Shriners Classic. But uh, uh, for those that obviously are within driving distance, get to the racetrack because this is a big weekend with the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour on Saturday. Uh, I never checked with Jessica before I came on, but I think tickets were at least 50% sold. And that, I think, includes the extra that they plan on adding with the uh, Phase 4 for the province of Nova Scotia. So get over there and, and get your tickets if you haven't already. But... Uh, for those that have never seen a sportsman race at Scotia, maybe they're sitting outside the province, Jeff, and uh, want to tune in. What can they expect on Friday night, especially being the first one of the season? I'd say it's going to be interesting. The, you know, the guard's been sitting, sitting all winter, and uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I think that the, the guys and girls – you know, they're going to be anxious and everybody wants to surround us win. So I think it's, they're going to be pushing a little bit further than, you know, a weekly show. So uh, it, it it's it's going to be good. It always is good down there. I enjoy racing the track and, you know, the unexpected is unexpected. So something could happen. And, you know, I think Richard, did Richard win it last? Richard Salter? Two, two, was he was the last? Two years ago. Devin, Devin was the two. last one in 19. He won it last year, did he? Or the year yeah. before? Yeah, yeah, see, I don't, yeah. 
<laughs> no, we we had to do that research this uh, this morning too when we were doing everything. But uh, uh, Richard, I, I, I mean, remember Richard. Yeah, I well, remember Richard, Richard wasn't it? That was the race where Richard and Alex went back and forth, and yeah. Alex I think got into him with about five laps to go. I don't think he was happy at the end of that one, if I remember correctly. You're never happy when you're racing, are you? You're happy when you're winning, but happy they're sad when you're losing. <laughs> you, you're you're not happy when you're you're there. So Jordan Jordan's watching. Uh, these things don't have dozer bumpers anymore. Going to need to clear that up with him. <laughs> yeah, I can put one on tomorrow night. <laughs> so, and Jason Pickle says it's nice nice to see you back behind the wheel. And it's Jason came back after a couple of years off, so it's great to see Jason back as well. Did a great job with that mini stock on on, on the weekend, but. Uh, let's talk about the D eight dozer name because that came in, I think what, 2014, the end, the end of the second championship, 1214. How did that, how did that name come in? I believe it was Wallage. I think it was, uh, the Wallage clan down there. And, uh, I, uh, brought, uh, an old car that we bought, well, Slongwood's old car, the, the one that Ashley and I bought from Craig uh, Chisholm, I believe. We took it down there, and then as a joke, I put D8 on it. So, and it, you know, everybody kind of laughed, and it's kind of stuck ever since. But I don't think I'm that bad on the track, am I? No, I don't. I don't think you are. <laughs> I, I, I think if I remember correctly, didn't you take that car to Shediac at the end of the year too? No, that one I wrecked about uh, six laps in and never drove it again. Okay. I, I, I seem to remember there was somebody took it to Shediac, I thought, but that, that, yeah, again, my memory must be going to, um, from a, from a race fan, I know you've done a lot of traveling. We ran into you last year at, at, at Petty when we were doing the, I think it was one of the last races of the season. Uh, what do you have on, on your list as a race fan? Where, where do you want to go? Is there any events you want to check out this year as a race fan? Well, I'd like to get back to the Oxford 250 again. I mean, I've been down two or three times. It's uh, good racing, and it's good atmosphere, and I like going to Maine and drinking cheap beer. So, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, that, you know, that and uh, Snowball Derby, of course, I was down there a few years ago. That's awesome down there. I'd rather go there than a cup race. I've been to Loudon a few times, Daytona and all that stuff, but uh yeah, Snowball is definitely, uh, if anybody wants to go see a short track race, that's the one to see, that in Oxford, in my books. Now, looking forward to this weekend, I know you don't do it alone. Do you, do you have any sponsors that are, are helping you out? Are we going to see any names on, on that car besides the, the Vino's Motorsports and Vino's Truck and Auto and, and the package on the 11 car? I've never really asked. Uh, probably... Just my dad's company, Shady Brook Enterprises, and maybe a little bit of my uh, plastic card, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, not really. You know, it's just a one-shot deal, so I'm not going to really, you know, ask for money. And, and uh, yeah, we'll fix up with Jordan at the end of the race, and hopefully it's one piece. And, yeah, so that's about it. Now, typically, Scotia doesn't run duplicate numbers. We're running for points again. So are we going to see something different? Because obviously, Jordan's running, so you can't run 11. Are we going to see – are you going to try to, to slide an 11V or something on that car, or are we going to have a different number? Actually, Jordan, I talked about, there's not even an 11 on the car right now. So uh, he was going to try to see if he could get some numbers run out and probably just put a 11X or 11D on it for the night, and that's about it. So number's a number. So 
Exactly. And I remember a couple of years ago, you had one of the biggest cheering sections at Scotia. Are they coming back Friday night? Uh, no, I think they're heading to another party. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's going to be really quiet during driving introductions on Friday night, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I kind of sprung this on them because I text Jordan and, uh, I was like, Hmm, yeah, we can make this work. So then I went down last night and I was going to go tonight and I've like had to get stuff. So I think tomorrow night will be the, the midnight oil again. So, uh, but yeah, no, I'm just going down, have fun, and uh, see what happens. Now, before we let you go and, and get back and getting parts ready for this car, you mentioned Jordan hasn't won this race before. It's he's it's the only thing I think he hasn't won except for, uh, you know, he's won everything at Petty. He's won everything up and down the road, but he hasn't won the Shriners Classic. If he's in front of you on the last lap, knowing that you could win your fifth, <laughs> do you move him? Ah, geez, I don't know. He owns the car. I don't know. It depends how slow he is, I guess. You know, if he's <laughs> slower than me, I might have to, but I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to wreck him on have, purpose. Have, you know, you, it's, that's. <laughs> have you ever seen Jordan Vino slow in Halifax though? No, there's, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I raced against Jordan like back in the day and, you know, he's been racing forever, you know, like longer than me probably so he's really picked it up the last few years and you know he's accomplished like you know, he was telling me the other night you know what he's won and you know i knew quite a bit of the list but he's he's won some big races for sure he's stepped it up and they figured stuff out and you know the crate motor they get the crate motors now and i think that helped a ton you know that's you know the forward things you know but uh yeah i don't know wait and see I'll probably be at the back of the pack and Jordan be at the front of the pack. So, well, we've got to draw for positions, right? Is that what they're doing at tomorrow night? Uh, there's, there's no points to go on, so we got to draw. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Yeah, Sounds yeah, good to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. there's not, yeah. there's, there's no, it's, it's, it's race number one. It's a show points race. There's nothing to go off, right? Yeah. Good for me. Yeah. And Jordan said he better now. So I, I, I don't know if, if that was he better, you better move him for the spot or <laughs> make the car wide or whatever it was. But uh, Jeff, this has been fun. Really looking forward to, to Friday night, the Shriners Classic. Uh, good luck. Go get number five. Go put on a show. We'll see you Friday night. And if you can't watch, uh, everybody can watch the Tennis Corner TV. This has been fun. All right. Thanks, Sam. Have a good night. That's Jeff Dillman, driver of the 11B, I guess, is what we're going to call it. And now we're going to uh, move over and chat with our next guest, sportsman driver in his own right. He's been doing this thing for a couple of years now. And, uh, well, maybe he, as long as he didn't fall asleep. Oh, there he is. He's, oh, he, had to, he had to go get a drink. This, this doesn't surprise me. At, le at least you pop divorce. Driver of the number 25. Uh, Ryan Van Orscott, and we're showing Ryan some of the highlights from last year with you talking to Dylan at Sydney Speedway. Uh, have you been back to Cape Breton since then? <laughs> I've been back and not racing. I've been back and I made it home alive. So, and, and look, looking forward to that. Uh, to, to this next season, but how's the winter been? I, I know it's been a little bit long. You guys, uh, had a little bit of issue with the sportsman car at the end of last year. Is everything good to go, ready to rip for uh, for this season? Yeah, we're ready. Uh, both cars are ready to roll. Uh, be 
24th, I think, July, here in Riverside. We'll run both cars that night. And uh, it'll be a lot of work, but we did it before. And for some reason, we keep doing it again. Absolutely. We're live and interactive with Ryan Van Orscott. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure the boys are watching. So I, I expect this to be a very lively conversation this evening. So uh, I guess we, we kind of covered this with some of the shop stop stuff that we done back in the day. But for those that don't know Ryan Van Orscott, maybe they're maybe they're watching in Fredericton or maybe they're watching in, in Newfoundland and, and getting accustomed to Ryan. How did or, you get your start? In racing? They could be watching in Cape Breton, too. Oh, they, well, they could be. Oh, they know who you are, at least in Cape Breton, right? Just throwing that out there. <laughs> no, uh, Tim, I, I just came out of nowhere and uh, one day decided I wanted to race. Uh, and a very good friend of mine, Murray, he said, screw it, let's do it. And picked up an old car and we always tinkered and worked on, on cars and metal work and different stuff. So love the challenge. That was probably the most enticing part of it. And then, uh, Kelly McIntyre and Anita, they were driving by one day and they seen a car outside. Well, if you know Kelly, he, he can't not stop. So, uh, it went from there and, uh, we met a lot of awesome people along the way who helped us out. Uh, made what I feel like was big gains in a short period. And, uh, just pride ourselves in what we're able to do out of this shop. And then we, we definitely have a blast doing it. I know you can attest to that. <laughs> Absolutely. And to get that start, obviously you're right down the road from Riverside international speedway. So to get your start at Riverside, high bank, high speed racetrack, what it feel like the first time you pulled onto a racetrack with a sportsman car like that? I'm not going to lie. I, I was scared shitless. I mean, <laughs> You can, you can, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, the wall's coming pretty quick and, uh, it's crazy. We were out there testing not long ago and we had Tom's pro stock out and this being the second year with it really, um, it was weird cause it's like everything kind of slowed down a little bit as it will with time and you just get more accustomed to what you're doing. And then we had to run the sportsman to break in the new motor and we get out there and it was painful it was <laughs> it just it slows it down so much it's it's it uh once you get used to it it's it's really nice and but there's definitely there's nowhere to hide you you're you're either into a car or a wall there's nowhere to hide now I, we're kind of going to jump around here a little bit because last time I was up there in the shop, we did the shop stop and we kind of asked the question if a pro stock lands in your yard figuratively, you know, what would you do? And, and it happened. You, there's a pro stock in your, your shop. So how did this happen? So you're to blame for this. Okay. I, I, I believe. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I think through Kelly and maybe a couple other, we, I met Tom and, uh, and we, you know, we got talking and he was, he, he was looking for somebody to run the car that he had purchased. And he had a few people, I think, uh, uh, Doug McEwen was going to run it and maybe Byron Bartlett. And, and uh, I think Sarah might even jumped in it for, was going to practice it one time. Uh, and that never really 
came to anything. And, and, and then he asked me and I said, why not? Let's do it. And we went to, I think it was the Oliver 200 in Halifax, Scotia. Yep. Um, you know, we weren't, we weren't amazing by any means. And, and I mean, the car was like, I think uh, it's maybe early 2000 car. It's, it's, it's not new and it was very outdated. Uh, and me, I've never, I didn't race pro stop. Like, and we, we had a good show. We came home one piece for the most part and had a blast and kind of right away clicked with the car that the feedback I could give off of a pro stock versus a sportsman was, it was just a million times better. And I felt more comfortable with the pro stock. So uh, I told Tommy, I said, uh, he was very happy. And uh, at least that's what he called me anyway. But uh, he... Uh, I said, if you want to do that again, it's not happening unless that car goes into my shop in the fall and comes out of it in the spring. It just, that's, I mean, maybe that sounds a little rude, but uh, I want to know every inch of it and I want to make sure I know what I have. Uh, I think any professional racer is the same way. They, they, whether it's the best of the best or not, at least you know what you have and can go from there. Now, that Atlantic Oliver Tire 200, that was the race, I think, that you guys hauled down with the open trailer. Was it the gear oil that got all over the windshield? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> it's still under there. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gets hot now, and you can smell gear oil. You swear you have a leak. And you can look that thing over top. Of, there's a new body on it. I built a brand new interior. Hell, I built a new cage. And it stinks of gear off. I don't know where it's at. I wash my clothes regularly. I, you might not believe that, but I do. And I don't, it's it's beyond me, but this is this is Miss Gear Oil right here. And that was wow, that was a bad. That was when you you uh, well, I'm a bit embarrassed, but you you found me eating hot dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, for those of you who don't know it, I like the, the odd raw hot dog. They're pretty, they're pretty good. The the, the um, odd one. How many did you have that day? There was a twelve pack. I think they were half gone by the time the gates opened. I missed breakfast, and this is all we took with us to barbecue for the race. Okay, like did any make it to the barbecue? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't anyway. So. So, so, so to back that story up, though, how did the gear oil get on the race car? Okay, so, and God love him, but we got to run an open trailer with Tommy's car for his first show. We have to. It, it's just, it's nostalgic. I mean, we're not there to win. So we ran the open trailer behind, and it, it was behind his half ton. And, uh, you know, I'm in Indianapolis, he's in Glasgow. It was a bit of a hassle. We get loaded up and everything like that. Well, we threw... Just in case we had to change gears, we threw the, the big five-gallon pail of gear oil on the back of the truck and with the pump and everything, make it, you know, simple, right? Life's simple. Yeah, well, one big bump and life's no longer simple because that starts falling down and spraying all over the car for, oh, I don't know, an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't with him. I showed up at the track hungry, very hungry. 
And the first thing I seen was a very slick race car. Very, very slick. I think there was a tires that we wanted to practice. Uh, just let's move on from that. That's it. <laughs> so you get that first race in. Uh, you you move forward. You, you get a couple of races in on this race car. So what's what's the outlook look like for this season? Now that you got a couple of starts under your belt, what are you looking forward to with this Pro Stock program? Well, I mean, obviously, I like to race. I want to race every race I can. It's it's nature, I guess, but uh, I can't. Uh, my plan is to run a tour potentially full-time, depending on, you know, if, if stuff works out and, and life busy too, and, and crew guys are busy. But that would be my goal for next year. Um, so then I would want to run for rookie year and – you know, that would maybe would be with Jordan. That'd be fun as hell. Uh, so that limits me to 40%, I believe, of what the schedule is without ruining that for next year. I think it's five, five before you lose your rookie status. You can run up to five. Is it five on a normal season, though? It's five on a normal season, but I see. So for those that are watching, I, Matt Vaughn is technically a rookie of the year contender this year, since he only ran three exactly. or four races last year. So, exactly. uh, but they didn't take care of rookie status at Scotia. I actually had this conversation with Jason Morash last night. So uh, for some of those drivers, like your young lines, for example, Dylan Dow qualifies for rookie of the yep. year for Scotia Speed World for legends, yep. uh, Colton Noble, all those others. So, Essentially, for Scotia Speed World, 2020 didn't happen. It goes the same as the Maritime Pro Stock Tour, same entity, essentially. Uh, so it doesn't count. I don't know. that That's a Ken Cunning question for this weekend on, on the rookie status, but I, I would still believe it's five according to the rule book. Okay. Because with a nine-race season, uh, I thought it was a percentage, and I thought I would be capped at three and a half, which is three. Um, and then you put three Riverside races in, you know, where am I going to go? <laughs> right so uh, but i really wanted to get back to to scotia um that would be a fourth if we we can do a fourth uh, especially if it was a big race up there like the cat 250 always was that was the goal heading into this year before this uh, shortened schedule came about but uh yeah i mean and we're part time small team Tommy myself Kelly Murray like with a sportsman car we're not running a full or every chance we can with the with the 80 car we just can't it it doesn't make sense we're not going to kill ourselves doing it so and this potentially being the last year with the 25 car the focus kind of shifts back to it kind of prove it it's a it's a fast car and prove it to what we believe it is um, so that, you know, maybe somebody if they're looking for a car would jump on. Now, Jordan is in the chat. He told me okay. he being Ken, he told me if they only have five, we were allowed to run them all. And it's five races. He checked a few weeks ago. So you should be good to go on five. Okay. Uh, so now you can replan your schedule again. Uh, sorry to interrupt that one, but you can, you can go and, and replan some more races. Oh, uh, that's fine. That's <laughs> Before we, we go to the sportsman car, I want to ask one question about the pro stock. And I think I, I think you probably know what I'm going to ask. Why did you cut the shifter out of it? Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh, I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> so, you ever see these like videos where the little kids are driving these big 18 wheelers? Okay, it's cool, it's funny, it's hilarious. Okay, but don't try to race it. All right, you're looking like this, it doesn't work, you can't. Anyway, that's the reason I, I'm not going to expand any further, but she gone. She gone. Dylan Gosby, when he drove that car in Chevy, oh, he didn't drive it. He drove it to Tech. He, he, I think he liked the shifter, but he didn't have to race with it. Oh, you can tell what gear it was in. <laughs> You're checking your mirror. You can check that at the same time. <laughs> oh, God. You look I, up to see who's behind you, and it's all a big white ball. I think I was in the pits and Mary machine in Denver. I'm not sure which one it is. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I think there's a modified in the modified tour that has a shifter. It's not as big as what was in the 80 car, but it's almost like elbow length up to where it is. Um, I'm going to have to check that when we're in 660 in a couple of weeks, but before we go sports and racing, talk sports and racing, Denver, what do you got for Ryan Van Orscott? All right. I want to kind of ask you last year about some of those, uh, I guess double headers, the, uh, the Mike Stevens weekend comes to mind. You ran about 300 laps of racing in the, in the one day, plus time trialing both cars and practicing both cars. How did you uh, make it work, you know, running the double header? It's not just, you know, running a, a, a support class. You're running both late model classes, all the big races. Uh, those had to be some pretty busy days for you. Yeah, no, very. Uh, I don't want to. Just be like, hey, you know, everyone around me is amazing. No, it only happened because of the people around me. We had, oh, well, we had two crews is what we did. We split it into two. Murray headed to 25, which, you know, that's that's his big. And it worked flawless to have him leading that. And then we, we uh, Darren Fleming went with, with Murray. And then Kelly headed the 80 car, as well as Anita looked after me basically right like uh so I, you know you get two cars and there's no time in between practices and that well she's making sure you're drinking she's making sure that you got your earbuds and your radios on the right channel and, and so these there was enough people there to make it work and to make it work right it uh you know it was almost it, it worked really smooth i remember they said, you got to qualify the 25, and then you got to qualify the 80. I'm going to interrupt your story. Yeah. Uh, oh. We have B-roll on the screen, which is why we don't run the onboard camera in the car. So I know you're talking about smooth and, and clean and everything else. What's on the screen probably doesn't match the story, but continue. Oh, God. <laughs> and 250 weekend a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like my nose very much, do I? Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> that one wasn't your fault, though. <laughs> I, I, so, uh, no, I remember Kelly saying, you know what, you're qualifying this, then you're doing this. When you get back from qualifying the 25, drive it right up to the 80, and I'll drive it back to the pit. And uh, it was like that moment, it just clicked. You know what? Our team, we can make it work. We're all one. We're a big machine. It. You know, it's a lot to, over, to undertake, and it, there's other people who've done it. Um, you ask them if they'll do it again. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of work, and then the prep, the prep before the race. And but uh, no, uh, not looking forward to doing it again. And with the shortened schedule, it looks like we're going to have to do it too many more times. 
So, uh, but if anyone can do it, I know, I know they got my back and, and we can. You've got to run at a bunch of, of different tracks throughout the Maritimes. Of the ones you've raced at so far, which one is your favorite? Ah. So if you asked me that two years ago, it would have been petty. And because it's a driver's track that I can't tame whatsoever for whatever reason. Um, good luck there. Great luck there. Um, multiple top fives, I think, uh, on, on a smaller show night. But, man, we just can't can't get the set right there um, for whatever reason it is. And, and, and then Sydney opened up, and we went up there in the fall for the October race. And I was on my way home. We finished fourth, and I was on my way home, and uh, Kelly stuck around and called and said, you got a trophy. You got third, right? Just through tech inspection and that. And I was like, cool, that's, you know, that's my first trophy. That's pretty cool. And uh, so that was that. But it wasn't, we didn't feel it was a huge race and, or anything like that. And then we went back up there in the spring. Again, not a huge race. And it was like, we unloaded. That thing is fast. Like, I like this track. <laughs> you know, if you have a fast car, you're going to fall in love with the track. And, uh, but then kind of thinking about it and watching the race, and that track's got so much attitude and one little slip and you're done. Like, I mean, you hang a tire off, off into the gravel, you're done. You enter, and I did it a couple of times, and it, you know, it'll scare you. If you enter turn three the wrong way, you're around. If you hit the bump on the front stretch the wrong way, you're around. If you hit where the gate comes out on the front stretch, it just, it sneaks up on you. It's tracks like that with a lot of attitude that you really have to, you know, muscle around, but yet treat it with respect. I think right now that's, that's probably um, the highest on my list. I was hoping that was what you would say, just because I kind of want to ask the question. You said, you know, the track has attitude. Uh, how about the fans? Because I wasn't there. I was told what they were allowed. We, we <laughs> wasn't any fans. We have B-roll of that, by the way, Paul, well, if you well, want to roll that. <laughs> maybe there was fans, but there was none for me. Let's just... Okay, so your side of the story, clear the air. Um, you're behind the driver's seat. What happens and why is the, uh, I guess, 10 people, 12 people that are there? Uh, there was like 15. Come on 15. now. 15. Okay, 15. Why were they uh, not so impressed? Uh, I'm from the mainland. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Me and Ronnie talked about this oh, probably half a dozen times now, and including the day of. Um, from how it was seen to how it happened to what could have been different. Um, I hated it. It felt like I didn't even get a win be just because of how it transpired. But looking back, you know, I can watch it over and over. And Tim, I've watched your video over and over and over and over again. I found it was the exact same thing that I had seen behind the wheel where come off the turn, I was at his quarter, which isn't my line, and he entered the turn high, which gave me that line. I was up to his door before it came down. That's how I seen it. Now, Ronnie could definitely see it where he took a higher line and arced it in. And, you know, we made contact, and up he went. He couldn't hang onto it because of the gravel up there. That's why I wouldn't try the outside lane. It was 
it was kind of a disaster. <laughs> um, but the minute I did it, I think I even jumped out of the throttle because Sean came up and just got into the back of me, like, because I just, I was like, damn it. I don't want to, like, if a caution came out, I was just letting off and getting to the back. It, it, I felt, I was like, this isn't how I want to win it. Um, you can ask Ronnie, I went over right after the race, just almost embarrassed. Um, but after some time, think about it. Would I do it again? Wouldn't be the same. Would not be the same way. Uh, I still have a lot of desire to do it differently, but still, this, and I think there's another way to get the same result. Uh, and I've had a lot of veterans come out and talk to me about that incident. And they all have different opinions, good, bad, for me, against me. What I did was wrong. What I did was right. And, you know, that's racing. There's not, you can't have the same situation that everyone would do the same every time. It's, it's not like that. This is what transpired. Deal with it. Move on. Get better. That's how we grow. I don't think you could have put that any better where that that's racing. And that's the beautiful thing about this sport is, you know, every driver is different and every situation is different. And, uh, you know, those types of things happen. And I guess that, uh, that raw emotion from the fans too. I mean, whether there's 15 or 15,000, uh, it's still great to see fans. You know, I always, and some people probably have different opinions, but whether they're cheering or booing, as long as they're making noise and they're there, that's, that's the most important thing. No, that's what it's about. And I don't go up there. Like, I'll tell you what, the week before, me and Ronnie and Sean, we're all talking like, where, where do I stay when I'm up there? Where do I go? Where do I eat? Where do I, I don't know that place. Why would they know me? And why would they like that I won or moved someone from there to win? Like, it, it, it's to be expected. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> That's that's racing. You, if you went to somebody else's home playing hockey and you won, you're not going to be liked. It, it, I don't know. It's it is what it is, and and it's passion of the sport. So whether it's for me or against me, passion is is worth it. Absolutely. So I want to ask you now. Um, what's on your bucket list for the next track you want to get to? Is there any track that you're just itching to uh, scratch off the bucket list? Man, Riverside's my nemesis. I, I'm there. I've been there for every race since since I started, and that place is not treating me well. So that's always going to be my bucket list. It'll probably be for another ten years be my bucket list. But as far as a different track, I'd like to be able to run Scotia a few more times. You know, get a handle on that place. Um, I took Sean Pierce's Pro Stock to Shediac for the championships uh, two years ago, I think me and, and Kelly and Sean Swain and Dave Pierce, we went up and uh, I had a blast. I, I spun way, way more times than needed that. And, and Sean took a long time cleaning grass from under the car, but that place was fun. And I would like to try it again in a pro stock. I'm not sure about a sportsman, but the pro stock, I want to go back there. Speaking of that pro stock, before I throw it back over to Tim, you know, you've got your feet wet in it. You've got to run some races. You're going to get some more this year. But uh, as we look forward to, to restrictions going away and, and things returning to whatever sense of normal they can, um, 
how excited are you to be a part of, of an event such as like the IWK 250, whether it be this year, next year or whatever. But uh, when you have the, the stands full and uh, the atmosphere and all the best of the best there, uh, how much would, are you looking forward to an event such as that one? I couldn't put it in words and you probably wouldn't want to see me the night before. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm nervous even hearing the words. Like it's, uh, that's huge. That's, uh, I, I couldn't put it in words. That would be, to be a part of that kind of show um, and to, to allow us as a team to be a part of that kind of show. I mean, it's probably bigger than any of us could realize it at the time. And maybe, you know, 10 years from now, look back and say like, holy, we did that. Um, so, you know, we just keep, keep trying. Right. And, and if, if it comes to fruition, whether it's this year or next year, and we can do an IWK 250 and, and, and somehow make it in, um, whether it be luck or talent or, or, or both. Uh, yeah, you'll see a smile on this face for a long time. Now you mentioned the sportsman car was, this is the, the final year being retired or what, 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 what did we say earlier in the show and what do we have in store for it this year? Uh, so it's, it's primary focus right now. Right. Uh, mind you, that being said, running two cars limits how much I can focus on it. But when it races, it is the focus. Uh, so when we, we race here on the 24th, everything that's possibly done will be done in the shop. Um, but race day comes, um, it's focused on the 25 and we get what we can get from what we did in the shop on the eight. Um, basically because, you know, I'm moving on. It's, it's, it's a matter of time before it leaves my hands. And, uh, I want to show what it is because we've had fast times there. We've, we've had really good races there that showed its speed and, and, you know, with a rook, with, with a guy that came from nothing and who knows if he can drive, right? Um, the car, the car proved itself, but I want to prove it in a result. Um, and hopefully, hopefully that's what we can do this year. Now the schedule side in the pro stock might di dictate a little bit of the, of that schedule, but okay. Denver kind of hit the, the nail on the head. Is there any, now that you know that this is the, the, the final hurrah per se, or, or at least for now in the sportsman car, is there any race for sure besides Annie Ganesh that you want to hit uh, and, and say that I did it? Greg, I need a schedule. <laughs> no, I want to, I want to go back up there and show them that it wasn't just, I wasn't just bullying people out of the way and, and that I want to race there and, and that I really do plan to race clean and, and try to race clean and, and respectable and, and, and that the car is fast there and that it, it, it could earn a win there. So, uh, Sydney, I'd like to go back. I know Greg is probably watching the show because he called me about 20 minutes before we went on air and, and wanted to chat. So I'm sure Greg is watching. So I'm sure he, he hears that, uh, hears that out there, but, uh, Looking, looking ahead to this season, you mentioned Scotia Speed World. Now that there's two-way radios, because that was I know that was one of the hindrances yeah. last time. Are we going to see you back this year? So when 
May was around and we thought we were still going racing. That was, you know what? I looked at Tommy and I said, Tom, why couldn't I just throw the sportsman on the, on the open trailer, pick you up on the way and just go up there and race, you know, have some fun, learn the track, you know, learn it. I, I haven't had the chance to do that. I put so much effort into everywhere else. I just want to. And, uh, and we agreed that that's, you know, that's what we could do. And, uh, the odd time, like it wasn't going to be, we weren't going to run performance or anything like that. And, and then, you know, season got shortened and then we get the pro stock schedule and Riverside schedule. It, it hinders it. And it brings me back to, I need something worth not to be like disrespectful, but worth their while to go like a hundred lapper or a twin 75 uh like Dillman was talking about those races you could see us there um smaller races you it's possible you could see us there and it's possible you could see a different driver in this pair there it anything's up in the air as long as time permits and schedules align which is you know sportsman schedules align and that's probably the biggest topic of ever <laughs> uh, it, it's it's been the biggest topic of every division I, th I think in the last couple of years it's got closer it's still not there and i don't think a pandemic and everybody getting the green flag at the same time uh kind of helps or, or hinders that effort but uh, i know you guys don't do it alone let's talk about the sponsors first because i know the 25 has a bunch on the race car that makes it look good every single year who makes that for you yeah we got we got a hell of a crew uh and and i'll say this before i even mention their name the best thing about our sponsors is, you know what, the day before the race or the day after the race, they're calling, they're texting, they're apart, right? It's not somebody handing me money to say, I need to look good. It, it's awesome. It's a big family. We got my employer, Ron McGilvery, Chev Buick GMC, our local um, Chev dealership. They've been huge backing for me starting off from nothing, growing to now the pro stop. They jumped on the first thing they said is we need to be in pro stock this is this is where it's at and they follow me right there it, so i mean hats off to them that's that's a huge support for me and uh and my team and it's a uh, huge on their business it's, it's it's big and then steve doyle i can't say enough about him um he's he's murray's uh employer and you know you call him and you tell him that you need anything a lug nut and it's there, right? Like that, that, that's a big, big help. Michelle's grill. I'm over there for a race. She, yeah, she'll, Michelle's grill makes sure that uh, you have the, the food in your belly after, uh, you know, the pit party at, at, at Anaganish. Yeah, you might need a little bit of greasy food. <laughs> she, she's got, and you've had it, Tim. I have, I have. It, it's pretty good. It's it pretty is. good. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, a lot of people that just want to see their name on the car be part of helping us, like you know, McGinnis Fisheries. You got Maydew Kitchens and you know uh, Leading Technology Heat Pump Solutions. And I tell you, he came over and installed a heat pump for me, and uh, he said, "Oh, you know that's cool. Like I enjoy the passion of that, and I I showed some passion with with how I spoke about it, and wanted to support us, and now he's been with us for three four years." 
Archville General Contracting, same thing. They people see the passion that you put forward and and want to support it. And you know, Nestor's hair styling. She, she cuts my hair whenever she's loud. <laughs> I hate COVID's been a hindrance on it, but it gets cut. And uh, they help. They the every little bit, every cent helps get you to the track or you know get a ticket for for a crew or put in an order for some shirts to give away to kids to bring more fans like this is this is our sport and these people it's not me or my crew making it happen it's these people allowing us to do it so big thank you to all of them now i i know the sponsors are big but i know the crew is big and i don't know if there's any and i where there's hundreds of race car drivers in atlanta canada I don't know if there's any other crew that has as much fun as you guys at a racetrack. Uh, I know your, your teleprompter guy is, is behind you watching you nervously drink tonight. Uh, but who else is on the crew? Yeah. So Mary's hiding back there. <laughs> I've been telling me that I, I forgot to mention bio liquid waste disposal. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I guess I just thought they were family right off the bat. Cause Jeff D, he's taking it over from Francis. Francis was with us from day one. Jeff D, he he just he's incredible. He uh, he heard we were racing pro stock last year, and he jumped right aboard. And I mean, my hat's off to him. I I, I don't know if I'd put my faith into somebody such as myself, and he did. And it's you know it's texting about it, and it's working with me, and he's incredible. So. I can't believe I forgot that. I'm embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed much, but I am. So now Sydney and now. Yeah, that's twice I got embarrassed. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah. We got Murray, uh, Kelly, and Anita. Uh, you get one, you get the other. But thankfully, thankfully, they work well together because, you know, one might be a little bit, you know, and the other might be a little bit tamer. I'm not putting names on it. <laughs> Um, and then we had uh, Darren Fleming came around all last year. Every race we did, he was there. The kid wants to learn. I mean, he deserves a seat. I, I say that right now. He he deserves a seat because he can wheel a car. But his interest in racing and setting up and working with and finding speed, I mean, he's fully focused. So it's, it's been incredible to have him come aboard. And we got Chef Brennan. He cooks any hot dogs that I don't eat on the way up. Um, he makes sure we're all fed. Uh, and then jump right at it. We tear off a fender. He's cutting it off. If, if we need him, he's there. Uh, you know, my wife, Murray's girlfriend, this huge support with, with our whole crew. Now, I do want to give a special shout out to Kelly and Anita because if it wasn't for Anita we actually would not have been live at Scotia Speed World last week uh Anita's been doing a great job trying to keep us connected communication wise on on, on her end with the work that she does so big thank you to her but uh the question is did you take Murray to the zoo yet you haven't been up to Moncton yet have you okay so a couple things have changed him okay okay I gotta tell you so first of all my little fella Murray um he got himself a girl Mm -hmm. Okay, so like, I mean, he doesn't want to be around me anymore, right? So, 
It's up to her, Kaylin. It's up to you to take him to the zoo. So yeah. is is that why when we ended up drinking in the Travel Lodge parking lot that you weren't there, but the girlfriend was? Uh, I mean, so, and then another thing, another thing is, so Rhonda has left. Mm-hmm. Rhonda found herself a new home. Mm-hmm. I sold, I sold poor old Rhonda. So, yeah, I don't know. Lots of change. I've, I've grown up a little bit, maybe. Well, I doubt it, but age has gone on. <laughs> Before before I let you go, and I, I know obviously with COVID and everything else that's gone on, and we can't see it because it's pointed to the other end of the shop, but do you still have the mountain of, of keys over to the other side? Oh, buddy, I've been saving up for IWK tickets for my crew. Uh, you don't want to see it. I'm leaving it there. I've been complaining that I don't have enough room in the shop, and all it takes is to take them damn bottles back, but I can't because they're for a purpose. But that you keep adding to them, right? That's that's the the purpose. Of it. Well, who wouldn't? The only person who wouldn't is Haas, and it's because he's stubborn and drinks them Budweiser thingies. No, it's Owens, isn't it? I don't know what the it ain't Keith's like, that's for sure. <laughs> but you can tell, like if you talk to him, you can kind of tell he won't drink the Keith's. Like, anyway, I'm not getting into that. Well, you can see him on Friday, and you'll you'll see. Well, we will we will ask him on Friday. So it's like a higher class society that that uh, Keith is compared to. You just, you ask him some, some, not even trick questions, just normal questions, see his responses and you can tell. Okay. Just, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All right. Before we let you go, Jordan Vino, dude, we know, but you better give us some context on the Rhonda thing before you end up on a list. What? No, Rhonda's a camper. Okay. <laughs> Ron, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's uh, that stuff does happen. That's that. No. <laughs> Rhonda's camper. I don't know where the name came from. Rock and Rhonda, but it wasn't rocking when it was named Rhonda. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I grew out of Rhonda. Uh, I'm now I'm a father of my son Harrison, who's three years old, and uh, and I have one on the way to September first. And uh, you know, going camping at a racetrack, it really isn't the easiest thing in the world. It wasn't with two Huskies, but we made it happen. And now we have two Huskies and two kids. So, yeah. Rhonda wasn't in the picture anymore. So, bye-bye, Rhonda. I, I guess we can leave it at that. Uh, Ryan, this has been fun. Uh, thanks for joining us. And if we don't see you in a race car Friday night, I'm sure you might be kicking around the pits, right? You got to come down for the Shriners Classic. Uh, we'll see. If, if not, there's Tim Score TV. I, I don't know if I can be around Haas. You know, if he sees me or something, that might not be good. I, I said some some bad stuff. Uh, this has been great. Thank, thanks for joining us. And we'll uh, we'll catch up next week in the Riverside for sure. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That's Ryan Van Orscott, driver the number 25 sportsman and the number 80 on the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour in Denver. Speaking of the Shriners Classic coming up this weekend, you get to watch it if you can't make it to the racetrack on Tim's Corner TV. Absolutely, Tim. And like you said, you had the, the uh, I guess, first run last week after the rain outs. And uh, it, I will say great job by the crew. Uh, you have some, uh, do we want to blow their heads up? I, I don't know if we should, but that are coming to Scotia to be part of your crew. But. Surprise. Surprise. Hi, Brandon. Okay, well, maybe he doesn't have his on. 
He wanted to, he, he, he is the Dylan Langell for the night. Didn't get the memo. Oh, uh, so he, apparently he's on the call, but he's not on the call, but uh, well, if it's like his car, it'll start working. Six, six, to, six to eight weeks. We can ask Matt Watson about that in a bit, but anyways, <laughs> uh, when we started this deal and, and for those that don't know, Scotia speed world has been my home track for the last 15 years. So to be able to bring the weekly racing series to an audience that might not necessarily get to see it on a Friday night or our on-demand subscribers to get to watch the show Sunday night into Monday. Uh, and then for this to be our second show is, is over the moon. I, I everything happens so quickly, but I'm glad to have it on here. And, uh, Paul can load the other one here because this is, uh, this is kind of special for us too. We're doing a pro stock tour race on Saturday. Uh, the East coast international pro stock tour maritime league of legends tour going to be, uh, there as well, live on Tim's corner, at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And Denver, you mentioned it. I know you guys are, are taking a racetrack away, vacation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the Saturday crew is my New Brunswick crew. It's Brittany Hoyt. It's Brandon Campbell. It's Norm Robichaud. We're going to put on a show on Saturday. The tour is going to be in town. It's Denver. I don't know how else to put it in words. Uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Tim, it's like a perfect weekend. Um, I guess this is the, you know, if last week was the dry run, this week's the kickoff for TCM TV at Scotia. It's the, there's so much to be excited for the first sportsman race at Scotia in 2021. And it's the Shriners classic um, first pro stock race in 2021. There's only been one pro stock race at Scotia in the last 22 ish months. Um, so it's going to be exciting all live on TCM TV um, you know, the start of the 2021 season for the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, the first race with the new sponsor. There's just so many storylines and so much to be excited for. Um, great things are happening in the sport of racing in, in Atlanta, Canada. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that Maritime League of Legends Tour show in just a little bit as well. But uh, that's going to be a big show on Saturday. Uh, huge thank you to Tara Foster, Ken Cunning, Cecil Vance for allowing us to do this. Uh, I know Cecil's put a lot of work into this racetrack over the last two weeks. Uh, to get it ready for this race and, and the tour starting up and what have you. So a uh, huge thank you to them. Uh, and as you mentioned, last week was the dry run. I'm still going to be nervous until about Saturday at 8.30 when we sign off the air or probably before that because we only have two classes. Uh, but uh, join us Saturday, Tim's Quarter TV. Uh, that's it. Let's move on to our next guest. We're going across the Confederation Bridge. Uh, the number 27, two feature wins so far this season at Oyster Bed Speedway. Uh, Perfect so far for Matt Watson. And uh, Matt, you know a thing or two about pulling this thing into victory lane. Welcome to the show. Uh, obviously, the winter's been good, but did I see something on social that you guys just threw this race car together last minute and went out and won yourself the first feature of the season? Uh, no, we didn't just throw it together. We've been piecing this one together for a couple of years now. Um, but yeah, we kind of put a rush on it to get it finished up, I guess. And then, yeah, it went out and to work pretty good, I guess, for a new car. I can't complain. So for those that, that don't know, and obviously we talk about pro stocks and sportsmen all the time with, with new race cars and, and getting some time on them and getting them used to the racetrack. For a guy that's been around and won championships and big races and what have you, how much time did it take practice-wise to get this thing accustomed to the racetrack? This, this year, a new car in particular? Yes, this, yeah, the new one. Oh, I don't know. We rented the track there for a couple of hours, went down, had some horrible luck with it, went home, fixed up what we could, and <laughs> that was it. That was, that was all we had for testing on it. 
Once again, we're joined by Matt Watson. We are live and interactive. Drop us a question or a comment. We'll get it on the air here this evening. So uh, looking at your racing career, you've won a ton of big races, ton of big championships, but there was an off time. We talked to Chris Hughes about the racetrack kind of sitting and there, it was kind of green. There wasn't really a whole lot of race laps into it. So take us through that first night a couple of weeks ago at Oyster Bed, restrictions, what have you, but racetrack wise, how was the racetrack and how much time did it take you to, to adapt back to, you know, competitive laps at your home racetrack? Um, I don't know. It's kind of a tough one. Um, the track was, the track racing wasn't that bad for, for sitting. I didn't think anyway. Um, I mean, we just kind of use what we normally use and the car, I mean, the, the track toss and the four zone is the track felt the same as it always did. I mean, realize there also wasn't any rubber down, but, uh, um, no, I mean, it didn't, it didn't take too much. There, there wasn't too much changing, a little bit of tire pressure difference maybe, but that was about it. With it being the first show and with, I think it was 600 people or what have you on the property, how different was it compared to the end of 2019 where, you know, the, the, the Labor Day weekend in, in September had those big crowds? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there was not much you could do. I mean, Robbie and the guys the track, they definitely worked pretty hard and the first of the summer here to try and get the ball rolling with the regulations and stuff, but uh, it was different. It, uh, the first weekend was kind of like got like a little, a little bit of growing pains, I guess, just to get everything figured out. But uh, no, they definitely they definitely did what they could to get the people in the stands. And I mean, hats off to them, I guess, for putting us together a place to race for the summer. The first win is always the hardest to crack off on the season. So let's talk about that first race. Uh, how, how did it go for you and how did you get into victory lane? Oh, I don't know. Um, just kind of tried to stay out of trouble. Um, there was a couple, like, there was a lot of fast cars with it this year, like Cody Byrne was there racing with us and a lot of new cars and guys that fixed up their cars a lot more from previous years. And it just, it, it, it was tough. It was close racing. Um, we just kept our nose clean, I guess, and pedal down turn left. So you get the first one out of the way and there seems to be that pressure to, to repeat. So how was Saturday night when you got it into victory lane? Did you have to do any, any extra work to get that thing uh, parked on the front straightaway again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt Ford, the 86 car there, he definitely picked up the pace quite a bit. Uh, he was on my, he was on my tail pretty good. I had to push it pretty good to stay up front, but uh, no, it wasn't a whole lot different. I mean, we had, we had a long week there in the shop there just, didn't really get a whole lot of work under the car, but um, I mean, it was good off the track first weekend out. So if we would try again, second time around, it worked out for us. Now, obviously Oyster Bed's going to revise the schedule and change some things around, but for the, the foreseeable future racing every Saturday night, uh, you ran for the championship a couple of years ago. Is that the plan this year with points coming back? What, what's the outlook looking for, for the 2017 this year? Uh, we talked about running for points, but uh I don't know if we're going to do that this summer. We don't want to miss someone. Like, it was it was great running for points in 2019, but we missed out in a lot of the bigger races like Riverside and Patty and all those bigger races that we really enjoy going to. So, uh, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, 2019 started off really good, so we figured we never ran for a championship at home for a while. We'd see if we still have what it took, I guess, and managed to hold off. It was a long summer, but uh, no, this summer I think we're going to do a little bit more of the off-island races and stuff, so... I finally got my uh, PEI pass so I can travel now. So hopefully, hopefully here soon we can get over across and do a few different races. And, but now we're not going to have points this year, I don't think. 
you mentioned Riverside and everybody seems to have that on, on the bucket list, but is, is there anything else that you kind of want to hit? I, I know that the boys went to speed weekend last year. There's usually a couple of big races in Petty, obviously the mini stock tours starting back up again with their race uh, last week. What, uh, what do you got in your radar? Um, AMP for sure. That's definitely, uh, that's definitely kind of a bucket list race for the end of this year. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't raced at Scotia yet, so hopefully, Hopefully things work out that direction. Um, the boys had talked about uh, the tour still coming to PEI, and they stock are still coming to PEI, or, or they're working on it. So I mean, definitely gonna hit up that race. That's to be a fairly large show, I think, because I mean we have a fairly large class of uh, of uh, cars that will be definitely willing or wanting to attend that race. So with that, with all the all of the tour guys, it's gonna be a large car count, I would say. I'll ask you about AMP because the, there hasn't been a, a stock car based tour there since the early 2010s. Uh, have you done any research? Have you done any, any GoPro footage looking? What What's the, the preparation going to be going into the road course? Um, well, I've actually been around the track quite a bit. Um, my father-in-law, Gerald, he had, they had a couple of me, uh, stuck me out of there. So we, uh, we got to experience a little bit of that. And uh, I went down, I actually did my, uh, track school down there like like from Aaron's race license and stuff there quite a while back now but uh, I mean at least I'm familiar with the track so I hope that gives me a small advantage and then uh, I mean I'm pretty sure I know roughly what to do with the car but I mean nobody really knows I guess because again we haven't been there but uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping things are going to work out first pretty good full speed to the event should be a lot of fun. So does that mean now that you, you said the the knowledge and everything else that you have, the phone's going to start ringing, you're going to start getting mini stock guys trying to pick your brain? Oh, gosh, I don't know. My phone rings all the time anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, that wouldn't be any different. We are live and interactive here with Matt Watson. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. Now, Denver, before I go to you, is Brandon Campbell on the call? He's on Facebook. I see that. I heard he's having trouble with his character. Okay, He's yeah, and we, a lot of things. We were gonna go to that. Uh, I guess we'll ask now. So, Matt, you've been involved in this for so long as a driver that might be just starting out. Besides the mechanical issues that he's having, what kind of advice can you give a driver just starting out in the sport, knowing that, that you've been around this deal for for so many years? Well, somebody's just starting out. Some, some like some guys understand kind of what it takes. I mean, this division, like a lot of people realize, I think it's just you know four cylinders but yeah it is just four cylinder racing but to be competitive in this division with the amount of talent that there is the guys that put the effort in it, it does it is it takes just as much effort as any, as any division he has to be competitive uh having a well-prepared race car is a big thing and then seat time just like anything else so well-prepared race car that's what brandon is missing i, I get it <laughs> Drew McEachern says, oh, we have a road course ringer now, do we? So I guess Drew is going to be the first one ringing up your phone because I know he, as much as he wants to be the president role, I know he wants to get behind the wheel at AMP. So I, I think he's uh, he's probably going to be picking your brain a little bit. Uh, Denver, what do you got for Matt Watson? Um, well, first, Tim, I don't know if you see it, but in the Zoom chat, we have Brandon. Uh, I, I will read this conversation. Is it working? And I said, no. And he said, I think I'm on mute. And I said, well, unmute yourself. He says, how? That's where we're at right now, trying to figure out uh, Zoom, but maybe... Can't figure maybe, out a race car, can't, can't figure, figure out technology. Out at least he can run... <laughs> See, he's supposed to be producing Friday Night Show in Halifax. He did a great job at 660 a couple of weeks ago, so I can't really say anything. Is this but, thing uh, working? 
Oh, oh there we go. go. There it is. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least at least we found somebody. Okay. Uh, there we go. Now, 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 this is not Brandon time. This is Denver time, right? So, so Denver, <laughs> yeah, take go it ahead. Away. <laughs> All right, Matt. I kind of want to ask you. Um, you know, you have experience. You talked about the road course experience, but uh, you know, you, I guess you're. I would say a veteran go-kart driver with experience in, in karting. So, uh, and a lot of people don't, wouldn't know that about you. So uh, why don't you uh, tell everyone a bit about your, uh, your history in racing and how you got your start? A racing family, per se, I guess, but uh, it'd be just back in like 2005, four or five, we just, me and a buddy doing the endurance racing there in Oyster Bay, kind of where it all started and kind of evolved from there. And then, um, me and him, James Dudeset, we kind of, I guess Tyler Short was with us at that point in time, but uh, we all kind of started pushing for Kevin Bowers to give us a four-shoulder class and a hobby stock was sort of running then, so it's kind of a bicker back and forth, and I guess he kind of actually looked at us one point and said the four-shoulders aren't race cars, but uh, hoping we kind of proved him wrong at this point. Um, yeah, no, it just kind of evolved from there, something that we always enjoy doing. I like, I'm, I'm you know, pretty competitive sometimes, stuff like that, so no, it just keeps us out of trouble. So when I first became familiar with Matt Watson, it's when you got behind the wheel of uh, the mini cup for Don Gaudet uh, in 2015, and you did the clean sweep of the season, winning every single feature, I believe. Uh, you know, tell us about that season and, and the absolute dominance that you uh, you had out there in the mini cups. Yeah, so I guess we were taking a break from the from the Honda at the time then. So uh, Don offers to or Don Gaudet had offered us a a ride one of the cars that he had there and the first year I think it was still like Chris Wilson and Stephen Pierce and all those guys were still we were all still doing it and uh Amanda Wheatley and it was I saw I get in it just not really thinking too much of it and went out and realized that there was a little bit more to it than there actually was and it was it was good it was it took the itch off from not racing my own car at the time so uh yeah and then we went for the second summer like second season of it and uh, I think we actually won like I actually think we run every, we actually won every single race that summer except for one that I did not finish, which was which was pretty good, I guess. I mean it was a those little cars are they're a handful. They can definitely be a handful. I mean, those look like an oversized gold curve, but uh, I mean you got foil overs and pan air bear and all the, the stuff a normal race there would have. So oh it was definitely a good experience and I would like to see the the division keep going and the two heads kind of died off a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the way racing goes sometimes. And I want to ask you your most memorable, memorable victory in your racing career. Oh, gee. Um, probably the first four cylinder invitational that Riverside had back in 2000 and whatever year it was, 2017, 2016, or what year it was now. But uh, that first invitational type of the four there in a long time. That was a pretty big night for us um, to go over there. and never run the track before and with a fairly new pair and to be as dominant as we were. It was definitely a good feeling to pull that one off. Tim, what do you say? Do we, do we let Brandon hop on now? Um, yeah, we can let Brandon hop on. Brandon is, is technically our social guy for the night. We forgot to actually give him the Zoom info before we started tonight because uh, we may or may not have forgot Dylan Langell wasn't coming this evening. So uh, Dylan is, or, uh, Brandon is on Facebook looking at, at stuff, talking to Ryan Matthews and others. So if you have a question or a comment for Matt or Tanton Woolridge, who's coming up a little bit later on, be sure to uh, 
drop him a question or a comment. Brandon, what do you got for, for Matt Watson? So it's actually a serious question, but we're going to talk about Ryan for a second. Okay. So since Matt's in PEI and Ryan thinks he has to take his own boat to Newfoundland, maybe he's got to build his own bridge to PEI or something. But where Ryan came from the legends to the late models, Matt, do you think you're ever going to move up to one of those or a street stock or anything else? Well, that's, that's actually been a little bit of a talk lately. Um, the street stock thing, that's always been a class that I really enjoyed, but uh, I mean, it kind of evolved in what it is now. I guess um, the guys that are already in it is great, but uh, for somebody walking to get in on now, I think the expense, I think I'd sooner go towards more like a sportsman or something. But uh, no, I think if we do anything from the four cylinder, it's probably going to be a legend car. I think that's kind of a one of the things on my bucket list at some point in time. Um, it's kind of difficult right now with two younger kids. But uh, maybe when they get a little bit older, it's hard to say. I'm gonna, if they decide to take the racing route, maybe we'll focus on that. And if not, well, you never know. You might end up with Legend Carry, might not. It, who knows? Well, Travis Conroy is also in here, and he said, good day, boys. So we have, what is it, one Nova Scotia driver on the modified tour? Maybe you can be the first island driver on the tour. Ever thought about a modified? Ooh, uh no, we haven't really thought of a modified. Um, I don't know. You never know. You never know. It's, it's hard to say at this point. Like, we're just going to keep rolling with the four cylinder right now. With the with it being uh, uh, like an affordable form of racing and competitive, so it's, it's kind of where we're at right now. That's all we've got here, Tim. Oh, and, Travis and, says do it. <laughs> and and never know. For the record, you're doing a great job, Brandon, so far. Uh, gold star. Uh, you are probably the best social guy we've had so far this evening. Uh, now, Matt, I want to ask you, and I kind of opened Pandora's box last week with Neil Muse because I, I kind of got a little bit of backlash for it, but guess what? I'm going to do it again. Uh, where do you see this division going four-cylinder-wise in the next 10 years? Scotia's car count, Honda-wise, has kind of dropped off a little bit. Uh, we're starting to see some newer models come in. Obviously, Jason Pickles has that brand-new race car. Uh, peer into the crystal ball where do you see this division going in the next five or ten years well there has been a lot of talk about that i mean we're not really seeing it a whole lot here in bi we actually have the biggest fair kind of like we've ever had since we started this division which is really surprising um but yeah no um i mean Patty's got a decent car account but they have a bit of a mixture there they have a more open rule book which allows a little more a little more variety, but uh, Scotia. I mean, I remember, I remember being younger and going down to Scotia and seeing some of those like Thunder in the Hill races. And they were, it was like that's kind of what sparked it for us. That's kind of where we started at watching them guys. Like, and uh, I mean, it's hard to say right now. Um, I know uh, the tires. I think is a big thing with four cylinders. Um, with the phase out of the uh, of the Federals and stuff from the legend cars, we're not seeing much of that anymore. And then just nobody really knows what's going to take place in the future for his tires. Um, kind of, I wouldn't say free for all right now, but everybody's trying to find that edge with tires. So it makes it kind of harder for the guys that are trying to race on a budget uh, versus the guys that go out and buy new tires every week. So, um, gee, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say at this point. Um, just as long as everybody can kind of work together, I guess, and kind of keep trying to move forward in the, in the better of the, of the, of, of, of this part of the racing of it. Um, I, I can't see it dying, but everybody's going to have to adapt, I would say. 
and obviously with the East Coast Mini Stock Tour, I think they're doing a, a job of that, trying to adapt and, and bring in some more divisions. They had their first race last weekend, obviously Ryan McKnight on the podium in Islika. Uh, what do you think about the the new makes, the new models coming into that East Coast Mini Stock Tour? Because it, it's, it's a tour that you've called home and, and you've had a couple of races on. Uh, I think I think it's a good move as far as uh, Kirkant wise. Um, it's going to be a, like, there's definitely going to be growing pains with it. Um, policing like the tech side is going to be a, a big thing to keep the competition even just because there's like when you get into introducing so many varieties of models and makes and stuff there's like some cars are going to be better in the short tracks and where it's going to be other than the long tracks but uh yeah just just kind of policing it and i think they're doing a pretty good job with the direction of trying to go with it um but yeah it's i would say it might take a couple of years to try and nail something down but uh, i think drew and the guys are definitely uh they're definitely going in the right direction with it. And you kind of teased about it a little bit earlier on. The East Coast Mini Stock Tour was supposed to be there at, at Oyster Bed back uh, start of this month. And with everything changing and, and Robbie and Bill and the boys, you know, putting everything back together. Uh, when the Mini Stock Tour does get rescheduled, and we're assuming that it will, uh, what will it mean to have that series on the island uh, as it being one of the only racetracks that, that series hasn't run yet? Um. <laughs> It's gonna be good. It's um, it's definitely been a, a, a definitely a race that nobody's gonna to want to miss. I don't think. Um, I know a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys on the tour have, have talked about wanting to do it. But yeah, it's definitely a good surface to race on for the four cylinders. Um, I know Cody Quinn has been there a while back. He did well. Neil Muse come down twice in 2019. He seemed to really enjoy himself. Did very well. So I think anybody that comes, anybody that can race in Petty's gonna be able to race in Wishbed, no problem because Petty's a a similar for for a four cylinder from from my point of view, Petty's a similar um, similar um, setup to Oyster Bed. Only Oyster Bed's a little more forgiving, being a little smoother track surface and stuff. So no, I would do pretty good and definitely a good weekend. I think. And looking at the competition that's on the racetrack weekly, you mentioned Matthew Ford has has picked it up the last couple of seasons. Uh, we saw some highlights earlier of, of you and Jamie Cummings going at it back in 2019. Uh, I think it was the Labor Day show. Harley Cornish is always one to watch. Uh, who who do you see as the the biggest threat to be the next one to, to take away a bunch of victories here at Oyster Bed this year? Uh, see that that that's good about I'm just at any given time right now, there's probably six or seven cars that could fall off a win right now. Um, Jeffrey Sherry, though, ever clean. Um, Matt Ford cars on rails right now. But just any given night, I mean, I know Matt Ford's going to do really well this year. He put a lot of work in his car, so. Um, Jeff's, I've been talking with Jeff a little bit there, and he's was struggling a little bit with that the first couple of weekends, but I think he'll get it nailed down. He'll be back at it again pretty good. And, I think, yeah, just about anybody can win. I mean, even that you know, very at the moment, as far as where the level of competition is at in that division. I think I saw on Facebook, Shane Bridges has a car ready to go too. So there's another name that uh, is going to be strong when he, he hits the racetrack. Looking forward, are you going to be at the racetrack Saturday night going for the three-peat? I'm not going to be there this weekend. Um, we kind of had prior commitments to go over and visit. Um, Dwight's parents there in Moncton, so now that we finally travel a little bit, we're going to take that weekend to go over and uh, 
relax a little bit, and then after that, we'll be back at it. So does Gerald not have a card he can throw you in? Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens when we get over there. We're going to try to get the young ball out there. He's, he's four now, and kind of eager to trying to get out in the go kart. So hopefully we'll get him out and see how he does. So victory lane wide open on Saturday night at Oyster Bed for the the outlaw division. So kind of keep that in mind if you're going over there and if you got a car to uh, try to get to victory lane. Uh, so the next time you'll be over there, the, the streak, I, I guess, will have to be extended. We'll keep our eye on that over here. Who do you got on the race car sponsorship wise and who do you got helping you on the crew? Um, Tanton Walridge has actually helped me quite a bit some this year and uh, I mean, Gerald Blant, obviously he's kind of a big part of it and uh Chant's father days been around a bit and they're definitely uh, like Chant's a really good he's a, he's a really good driver and he's he's got a lot of potential um spots in the car um old hickory buildings summerside fix auto summerside something auto group um kmi designs at the wrap last this year uh Noah's auto glass summerside um Valley Pro Oysters. Oh, Wicked Power Coating, actually. Um, that's uh, that's my stepfather's brother. His business is pretty good. If anybody needs any powder coating done, that's the guy to hit up. Well, there you go. Uh, we wish you all the best uh, the next time out. Have fun this weekend. Enjoy the weekend off. And we'll see you at the racetrack the next time we see you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Matt Watson, driver of the number 27. And uh, he mentioned Tanton Woolridge. He's coming up in a moment, but let's talk fantasy points first, Denver. Uh, I am still on top by 14 points over Brittany and Meredith. Uh, you've got some work to do. First of all, I want to find out who did Brittany and Meredith pick to win last weekend? Uh, one of them was Dylan Blankhorn and the other one was Nicholas Noggle. Meredith picked Nicholas Noggle. Dil or, uh, Dylan Blankhorn was Brittany's pick. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we got some work to do. I mean, I should be leading because I have back-to-back -back wins. I should it, be. It, I, yeah, so should Dylan Langell. Yeah, I, have, I have I have back-to-back -back wins. So apparently Mother Nature doesn't count. Um, but yeah, and I... There we go. Yeah. You know how it goes. But anyways, yeah, well, we it's a long season. And it's just ramping up, Tim. We're only uh, the 14th of July. We have right through till October. So a long ways to go. And, you know, that, that, that 28 points is nothing. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's two points of position. That's, that's really nothing when it comes to the grand scheme of things, but, uh, Dylan's got some work to do. Dylan, not here tonight. Uh, Brittany's not on the call surprisingly, because I thought she would be here by now, but she's not. So she must have something else to do. Um, so I guess we, maybe we let Brandon make her pick. Oh, oh, okay. What are we picking for? Uh, we are picking a roll, roll the next one, Paul. Uh, it's the uh, Cars Automotive 50 for the Maritime League of Legends Store at Scotia Speed World. Now, Denver, me and you, I believe, have the winner. I, I, I think don't so know. Too. Yeah, I don't know who else is, is going to uh, going to win this thing. Listen, who, I learned my lesson. Picked? Oh, what's, what's who's already been picked? Uh, well, we are going through that right now. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, hold your <laughs> new guy, right? Wants to step <laughs> on everybody's toes. Uh, Braden Langell, uh, me and Denver have Braden. Dylan has picked Danny Chisholm. Uh, Meredith has gone with Owen Marr. I told Owen earlier he's got no pressure on him whatsoever. Now, the Brittany pick is Ram Sodgers, but 
Now, believe this or not, Brandon, she said she was changing her pick. And I don't know. That's a pretty <laughs> solid, solid pick. But guess who she's picking? Um, Nathan Langell. Yeah, I did. I did no, it, it, Denver had it right. Oh. Yeah, so apparently she's changing her pick to Craig McDonald. Don't know why, but apparently <laughs> she's changing her pick. So uh, we will roll with that. Uh, you can make your picks beginning tomorrow night sometime on timscorner.ca slash uh fantasy picks uh the fans need some help they picked cole butcher last week and cole was a pretty good pick i guess until about 15 ish to go yeah uh, did you see that video tim i didn't That's see cool. any i didn't see the video but i heard about it from dylan Lange. yeah it was uh i didn't see the video of the actual wreck but i saw clips of the race and uh what an unfortunate turn of events for cole he was well on his way to a riverglade international championship and uh I guess a wild, wild finish to that uh, Pro Stock 200. Yeah, Grizzly has some really good shots of it too. Uh, so head over there, check that out. But uh, yeah, so that that's our picks. You can make your picks for the Maritime League of Legends Tour race coming up uh, on Saturday at Scotia Speed World at timscorner.ca slash fantasy picks. Probably tomorrow night you can watch the race on Saturday on Tim's Corner TV. Speaking about a driver that went to victory lane Sunday on Tim's Corner TV, we bring in now driver of the number zero car, and it's Tanton Woolridge. And Tanton, it was a busy weekend for you last weekend because not only did you go to victory lane at Scotia Speed World, you did the double with Oyster Bed Speedway. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, double weekend, I'm assuming two different race cars. How do you set up for a weekend like that, knowing that, you're going to two completely different racetracks. Um, it's really a lot in the preparation. Like you said, it's it's two different race cars that we had. So essentially, uh, you want to have both your cars set up before you go to the first racetrack. And that kind of relieves the pressure of you're not coming home from one racetrack and trying to thrash together another car, uh, like a week's worth of work all in one night. So we just made sure that we were ready for, for all events and you have to kind of focus on the first night. So Saturday was our first race and we were hundred percent focused on that. And then it was nice and easy when we, we finished that up, we said that race is over. We can get focused on, on Sunday for Scotia. So it was a really good weekend. And, and I think just the preparation was really what helped us. There's some good competition at Oyster Bed Speedway, but when you come to Scotia Speed World, that's been the, the home of NX racing for the last, well, since 2006, when it comes to Bandolero competition, at least. So, uh, how do you set yourself up being the, the driver from out of town coming in and, and trying to get that win away? That's, that's a tough one. Um, with, especially with this year, with the new tire compound, um, being mandatory at Scotia, we were one of the only teams that didn't have any testing. Like we had, I think 20 laps from the year before and we just couldn't get them right. And we switched to INXs that night. So it really was, we have to be ready from the get-go to be ready to make changes and, and trust our decisions and not second-guess ourselves. So we went out for first practice, and, and we had the car half-decent. And I think really by the end of practice, we were saying that the car is only going to be as good as it can, and I'm just going to have to try and drive the car to to its full potential. And we knew that no matter what, however much time, however many practices we got on, on Sunday, we weren't going to have the best car. So it was to try and find something that I could do differently inside the car um, to help us propel, propel us up positions. So um, we had a lot of luck. We drew the, the number one pill and that definitely helped us out. And we just, Ooh, excuse me. 
we kind of held on from from number one. We're live and interactive with Tanton Woolridge. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. And, and new temporary social media guy, Brandon Campbell, will get to it. Uh, I want to ask you about the tires, though. Hoosiers versus the the NX tire that was run the last couple of years. It It's a racing tire. From what I've been gathering, it seems like you're on the edge a little bit more. For, but from one of the top Bandolero drivers in the region, what does that new tire feel like to you? It's definitely different. Um the Inexes were good. I found that you didn't really have to get up on the wheel as much on the Inexes and you could be kind of really quick. I find on the Hoosiers, they're a lot more dirty, I guess, and you have to really be be up on the wheel to make them their full potential. So they do, they're, they feel softer and they, they are a slip, so they should technically have more grip. But I just, I find that the Inexes would be the preferred tire, at least at Scotia. I on the shorter tracks, it seems to be the Inexes are the way to go, just they have a little more grip. But then on the longer tracks, such as Shediac and, and Petty and Fredericton, the Hoosiers, they almost roll a little bit better. So you can get that that momentum rolling at big tracks such as 660 and Fredericton, and that that really, uh, the Hoosiers will help you there, but the Inexes help you at, at other places. It's really wherever you go. We've got the finish from Sunday rolling on the screen. I want to ask you about the, the late restart and Dawson Noble on your back bumper because Dawson Dawson shifted into turn three at the end and, and almost got to you at the end. Uh, talk about this finish here. Yeah, that was on the edge of my seat for sure. Um, I think we might have had two green white checkers. I know I saw the white flag twice and there was yells come out on that last lap. Um, it was definitely... It was nerve wracking. That's the biggest thing I've noticed this year is I don't get as nervous inside the car. I feel like I just have a better feel for it and everything. And I think that had I had the mindset that I had last year and the nerves that I would have had last year, I might not have been able to win that race, but I was able to keep much more calm, especially knowing that we didn't have the fastest car. I could see people gaining on us in the mirror. And, you know, I felt, I felt Dawson on the last lap in turn three on the back bumper, but, uh, I just tried to keep calm and, and not get too frustrated. It was quite the race because about halfway through, the brakes started to go on us. So it was a struggle to try and keep them alive and not use them up too much. And then under yellows, the, the car was shutting off. So I was trying to flip switches and turn cars on and, and keep the brakes up. So ultimately, I just tried to keep calm and it ended up working out in the end. Now, I want to segue kind of in, into social because we've got a couple of questions rolling in. But I, I think you're how you wanted seven racetracks last year in the Bando. Yeah, I believe it was seven tracks. I don't think anybody and I had this conversation with your father at Carpon back in, in November. I don't think any Bandolero driver has ever won in the Maritimes at seven different racetracks. Uh, and I think with the expanded of Speedway Miramichi being able to run a Bando race and, and everything else. How cool is that to be the only driver in one season in Atlantic Canada to win at seven different racetracks? That was, that was a cool experience. Um, even just getting to go to seven different racetracks, like last year, I think there was three racetracks that we had never been to and we ended up pulling it off on, on night one. And I mean, Scotia, we had only been to probably three times and we ended up pulling off one there. So it was a really cool experience. It's, it's nice to say that we were able to do that, but it's kind of more proud um, to be able to say that, hey, I adapted to a new racetrack within, what, maybe 20 minutes uh, on track practice and, and a heat race. So 
that that's a cool title to have. And I just, I can't thank my dad and my mom, uh, my grandfather and all the sponsors enough for even getting us to seven racetracks. So it really wouldn't have been possible without them. Okay, Brandon, do your thing. Okay. So this is going to be a tough question since apparently you've won at every track possible, but our friend from the Island time Aquarius says, what track do you like the most? There's so many different things um, about each racetrack that I like. Really, I, I'd i have to mix tracks. I'd say I'd probably like the, the atmosphere of 660, but I really like the racing that Halifax produces. I know a lot of drivers don't think that on the Mando track, but it seems really tight and technical, and that seems to be what suits my style. So I'd, I'd probably say say Halifax. Now, have you thought about going to the States, or have you gone to the States yet with the Bando car? We haven't gone to the States. There was talk of it when I was younger, but there, it wasn't really that serious. It was more what I wanted to do and, and my parents didn't really want to go. So there isn't the talk of going to the States, but there is a talk of uh, trying to go to Eastbound in Newfoundland this season. So we're going to hopefully get up there at some point. I heard you can take your own boat over there. <laughs> you couldn't even say that without laughing. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, no, it was shocking that that question was even asked. Um, that's all we have on social for now, Tim. Yeah, so we've got Tanton for a few more minutes, and I'm going to apologize to Paul right now because I know we don't have a Bidane broadcast afterwards, so we might go slightly over time if that's okay with Paul. Perfect. That, that's, that's excellent. That's what I want to hear. Uh, so uh, Eastbound, uh, I know Mike James and the boys watch because we, we did all the sim racing stuff here this, this winter. Have you got any sort of notes on that racetrack? What are you looking forward to, to, to going over there if, if the opportunity presents itself? What's the, uh, what's, what's the forecast for the zero team going over to Eastbound? I think we've gotten a gear ratio. I think that's about all the notes that we've gotten so far. But there's a lot of stuff that really has to line up for that to happen. And we are planning at running full-time points at both Oyster Bed and Halifax this year. So with the way that the boat schedule works, it'll be very hard to do that as we're probably going to be racing at one of those tracks every single week. And you pretty well have to take a full week off to go to, to Newfoundland. So if we are to go, it'll, it'll most likely be very late in the season, possibly October. So I don't know. The forecast would just be to, to really just go up and try it and, and have fun. Like it's my last year in Bandos. So we're just trying to, to do everything and, and have a good send off. I, I I know from experience that it's tight to go from Friday night to Saturday. And even with the, the flights, it's changed now with COVID. There's no Saturday morning flight out of Halifax to get yourself to eastbound. But has the thought ever come of, of renting a race car over there and, and, and knocking that off the bucket list? Or do you feel comfortable in your own equipment? I feel comfortable in my own equipment. It's what I am, what I've known and what I've raced for eight years. So another fact of it is we we built those cars we know that they're safe so really the only way for us to go would be to run our own equipment and, and go on the boat i think jackie tanner will correct me if i'm wrong but i think cole tanner won two championships in one year i think halifax and petty uh but to go for two championships in halifax at oyster bay what would it mean in, in your final year of bandolero to pull that off that would be huge there's it's it's controversial me and my dad we have two two different um, um, goals for sure. But uh, dad really wants a points championship. So I'm going to try and do everything that I can to, to get them for him. He's done an absolute ton with, with late nights and early mornings and, and getting time off work to go to the racetrack. So I'm really going to try and do it for him. And it's, it's going to be a long, long battle. I know we, 
we still have two cars to get ready this weekend that we haven't touched. So it's going to be a lot of late nights, but uh, I think we're ready to get at it this season. Uh, Denver, I'll throw it over to you. I know you got to see Tanton win at your home racetrack at Speedway Mary Machine last year. What do you got for the driver of the zero? Well, well why don't we start with that? Uh, you know, you, we kind of already touched on that, Tanton, a little bit with, you know, getting to those new tracks and, uh, you know, catching on real quick. You seem to really catch on good in Miramichi, um, going out there and winning both ends of the uh, Twin 25. So what did you think of uh, that show and that track? That, that was probably one of the funnest weekends I've had at a racetrack. Uh, great facility. Everyone was, was so kind to us when we showed up there on uh, Friday night. And it was just a fun weekend. Like it was really relaxed. You weren't rushing to get anywhere. Um, the hotel was right down the road. And we got to stay with a bunch of my friends that live in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick that we don't, we only get to see probably 10 times a year. So it was a really fun weekend. We caught onto the track pretty well. I think we we probably struggled a little bit more in the morning, like Saturday morning when we were on the Inexes and then we switched to the Hoosiers and the Hoosiers definitely brought the car to life. So it was, it was a fun week. As a group, uh, all the Bando kids that came to Miramichi got to see a, a Miramichi demolition for the first time. What was everyone's thoughts on uh, seeing, I guess, the absolute chaos that ensues in, in the demolition events and the dash for cash and backup race and all that? That was, that was crazy. I had seen demos at Petty before, but that does not really compare to a Miramichi demo for sure. Um, no, that was fun. I got to watch it alongside my friends and we were invited up into the, the tower. So we had a great view of it. And uh, it was really cool whenever it started raining. Um, and I didn't think they would run it in the rain, but they did. So that was a show and a half. So no, that, that was really cool to witness. And it, it's definitely an experience that I'll remember. So I want to ask you now, what's next for you? Um, you know, you said this is your last year in Bando. So, you know, looking ahead 2022 and beyond, maybe five years down the road, even what are your goals? What are your desires? Is it, you know, legends or, or pro stock or, or where do you see Tanton Woolridge in the car um, in a couple of years? That's, that's a million dollar question. Um, no, I get asked that a lot and, and it's definitely been, been talked about a lot in our house. Um, but our main focus for this season is Pando. And I think if we get too focused on next season, we aren't going to have the results that we want. So we're really trying to just keep that in the back of our mind, focus on the Bando. I have worked or am working two jobs to raise funding for whatever I want to do next year. We still aren't sure what that is. Um, I am leaning towards a legend car. I was able, I was fortunate enough to, to test one tonight. So that was a, a great time. And, Really, we're just trying to stay focused on this bando and, and have the best season that we can. So we know you want those points championships, but in terms of wins, is there anything that you have to check off? That is there that one win that you know you have one final shot at uh, that you want to get this year? Are you pretty content with what you have for uh, for your career as far as wins go in a bandolero? We it it's nice to be content, but at the same time, you always want to strive to be better. We were able to capture quite a few of the, the bigger events last year. Um, however, it's just, we want to continue that success. We don't really want to let up. We want to finish it off well. So really it would just be to, to try and get back to speed weekend, the Mike Stevens Memorial, all those races and, and try and capture, you know, what we achieved last year. I've seen another question or two here. So I'm going to throw it over to uh, Mr. Campbell, if he's still with us. 
Oh, I've been waiting for this all night. <laughs> so I see Caden Tufts um, popped into the chat, and I'm not going to remind him like I always do about the Shediac wall. But he asked, who is your favorite competitor? Ooh, um, wow. No, they're all pretty good. I mean, in the bandos, we're all pretty, pretty respectful. Um, we can get up on the bumpers every now and again, but, you know, we're all racing hard and we're all learning. So it would be tough to really choose a favorite. But, uh, no, Caden's a pretty good one if that's what he's trying to get out of me, but uh, I probably won't name a number one. So if we're talking like I racing, I'm probably you're probably on the top of the list, right? There we go, man. Other than when you're, you know, you, when you wreck me, but uh, other than that, you're pretty good. So okay, I'll take that as top of the list. Um, and Ty is also back again, and he says, "Are you going to run at Petty?" Yeah, no, we're we're planning to get up at Petty for sure. Uh, we we did want to go, but it would be really tough to to drive past our home track, and we really wanted to support our sponsors and and get back there for our first time in two years. So we are planning to get to Petty as much as we can, but uh, Halifax and PEI, I think, are going to be our main focus for events as of right now. And other than Caden Tufts telling me how mean I am, that's it for social for now. <laughs> I'll, I'll go where Brandon sort of started to go, and that's the iRacing thing, because we've done a lot of iRacing over the winter, and you've come a long way since you hopped on iRacing. How big of a, a tool was that to, A, pass the winter and pass this COVID pandemic, and B, how, how cool was it to race with some of those guys that you raced with on the racetrack, on the real racetrack and the virtual racetrack? That that was one of the, the best things I think I could have done for myself this winter. I did make the decision to go full-time racing and, and stop playing my other sports. And I've just noticed in the, the first couple weeks that we've been at the racetrack this year, things that I learned on the sim have helped me in the racetrack uh, in real life. So that was really cool. And, and I guess whenever you, you get the pro stock guys on there and the, the street stock guys, not the mini stock guys, those guys, you know, the pro stock guys, they're way better than I am on a real race racetrack. So whenever you get to drive against people that are better than yourself, it makes you learn and it, it get, makes you better. So I think that that experience is really going to help me out this year and, and in the future. So we'll look forward to this weekend. Obviously, Oyster Bed, I believe, races on Saturday, but I want to focus on Friday night first. And that's the it's the Shriners Classic for Sportsman. It's a big race for us in Halifax. Uh, you are the point leader in the Bandolero Division with the handicap. You'll have to start at the back of the field with your most recent feature win. Uh, what's the what's the forecast going in? What do you have to do to go back to back on Friday night? The biggest thing is we we are gonna have to get faster. Had we not pull the number one pill on Sunday, I really don't think we would have won because I don't know that we could have passed that many cars. So we do have to get the car faster. I know I have to find a little bit more speed behind the wheel myself. And I think the biggest thing is we're going to have to stay calm. Uh, there was a lot of cautions on Sunday. Um, everyone's still getting used to the Hoosiers. So we can't go up and we can't tear, tear a car up on the first lap. So if we can stay calm and be there at the end of the, the 15 laps, I think we'll be okay. But for right now, it's just, we have to go there, focus on getting the car right, focus on getting me right. And, you know, a top five at the end of the day will be great. And who knows? Maybe you can go a little more. Now, I saw Wendy's photos of, of Saturday and the, the car looks similar, but you show up to Scotia with the, the number on like the C post and a couple of sponsor names missing off the race cars. So why I'll, I'll ask why move the number? 
the biggest thing for Move the Number is we we have we're so fortunate to have so many sponsors, and it gets tough to to fill those spots. So we kind of thought that if we put the number up a little bit higher, we could use the door to put sponsors on. So that was kind of the the main plan for that. And you know, we're really sorry to all our sponsors that we couldn't have them on the car for Sunday, but we just didn't have the decals ready. So we got them printed off last night, and we're we're hoping. I really don't know if we're going to have time to get them on for Friday night, but we're, we're hoping that we can get them on as soon as possible. Well, we'll make sure that we give them their due in, in just a bit. We'll make last call on social right now. And Brandon, it seems like since you hopped on, social has actually been busy. So maybe Dylan needs to find another job on Wednesday night, but uh, we'll let you have this one. Final call on social. What do you got? Well, usually I'm the one answering and commenting on social. So I guess we had to switch it up. Um, Ty again, telling me I'm going to need a lot of practice on iRacing if I want to be a good mini stock driver. Okay, for the record, you need a car that works first. Well, so. that's that's what I'm getting at. So I play iRacing because it usually turns on where the real car doesn't. Um, He's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong at all. Um, Allison McKinnon said, you looked good in the legend car. Great job tonight. Yeah, no, thank you, Allison. It was, it was a great time, and I can't thank the McKay's. Uh, Jason Dan and I forgive me that opportunity it was it was a blast it was something I've been looking forward to for for a couple of years now so I can't thank them enough yeah for sure and just like a side note but these bando kids have to be the nicest kids you'll ever meet at a racetrack like them and their families no matter where I'm at whether it's Tanton or Chase McKay or Tegan Dempsey like their families are friggin awesome and they're just they're probably the nicest people you ever meet at the track so it's nice to see them grow and develop and move to pro stocks or legends or whatever they feel like doing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll echo that as well. Uh, we've got a great group of kids and I said it on Sunday on, on the, the show that we've got, I think this group that we have is, is going to go far when you look at the talent level and you, and you look at just the personalities that are in this sport right now in the Bandolero division. Uh, Tant, you mentioned those sponsors uh, who's on the race car, who makes it happen to get you across the Confederation bridge and, and get you to the, uh, the racetrack Saturday night to get those two points championships. Yeah, no, we have a, a long list and, you know, we can't thank McKinnon Bro service center enough. They've come on that car, I think since, since day one. So can't thank them enough. Uh, Sunny's dairy bar, Tim Myers excavation, Harrington Hilton, Cowboys equipment limited, good guys, auto glass, mass eyewear. Um, like I said, Tony Dares Bar, all weather highway self storage units, uh, Andy's Tire, they they all put their own own effort into the car, whether it be making decals or helping pay for funding. So they they do a ton for us. And I know you don't do it alone. Who who's on the crew that helps you get that that car tuned up and get to the racetrack? Yeah, I can't thank uh, Dad, Mom, uh, Nana, and Papa, and and recently Matt Watson and Gerald Glant. They've They've helped me uh, not turn wrenches on the car, but they've taught me so much to do in the shop. Um, you know, they let me in their shop when they were building that mini stock and the amount of craftsman, craftsmanship that went into that car that I was able to witness and he was able to explain it to me all was, was a great uh, learning curve. Well, congratulations on last weekend. Get to try to do it all over again this weekend. We'll see you Friday night at Scotia Speed World and uh, get some, uh, get some, decals on that car and uh we'll see you friday night thank you we're gonna try tim and, and thanks for having me as tanton woolridge driver of the number zero we want to thank all of our partners that help put on uh tim's corner live and, and the tim's corner tv brand and a uh, huge thank you to all of them and 
we look forward now coming up to this next week because we've got a busy broadcast week coming up and uh, maybe if Brandon's camera will work, we'll get him on here. So by the way, the, the point or the, the idea was to have Brittany Hoyt on at the end of the show tonight. Uh, Brandon, I got a text message that says, uh, hold on. Uh, I said, are you coming on the show? And she said, not tonight. Wow. So you got the next best thing. You actually, you got the best possible alternative. I know we got Denver. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's been great. Thank you for, for coming along for the ride. Uh, I want to thank all my partners that are still on the screen. Uh, Kings County performance, LJ designs, all those other people. And they can see our ugly faces now. Uh, big thank you to Paul Strickland jr. For uh, being a part of this show as he is every week. And, uh dylan's on vacation Den, what are you like where are you going on vacation are you going anywhere fun me i'm going to miramichi and, and okay just, just not doing anything oh okay well it, it, well you're going to be doing something there's going to be like an ice cream trip or something or probably I, drink lots of beer like we everyone does in miramichi so i not, I, not last saturday no not, not last, last saturday. saturday yeah but uh, Listen, uh, just wait for August 7th, you two. That's all I can say. By, by the way, the sh uh, did I, was it you or Barry that told me that the start time was adjusted to four? That was me. Okay. Can we announce? Well, we already did. So surprise. <laughs> the start four, time is four o'clock. It, it's, yes. four, it's four o'clock. So uh, be sure to adjust all that other stuff. And we will have that live on Tim's Corner TV. Uh, this weekend, Friday night, Scotia Speed World, the 26th Shriners Classic for Sportsmen. Everything is on the card. We had to change our graphic from what we had on the TV side, sportsmen, uh, strictly hydraulics and industrial supply legends, the uh, bandoleros, the Torsec thunder and lightning. And of course the fleet break Atlantic sportsman for 50 laps. Then on Saturday, it is the East coast international pro stock tour, maritime league of legends tour cars, automotive 50 round number one on the maritime league of legends tour and round number one of nine on the East coast international pro stock tour. You can see both shows live coming up on Tim's corner TV, seven o'clock Friday, four o'clock on Saturday, uh, we're going to hope that Jeff Dillman, what he said with that rain word stays away. If not, there might be a lot of drinking happening in Halifax this weekend. I, I am not quite sure, but I uh, want to thank Ryan Van Orscott, Jeff Dillman, Matt Watson and Tanton Woolridge for coming on board. Thank you, Brandon, De uh, Denver, Dylan's watching somewhere, Paul Strickland, Jr. Everybody, everybody that tuned in. Uh, we will see you on Friday when we say let's go racing for Scotia Speed World. Until then, keep the hammer down and we'll see you at the track.